Welcome back. Leafs lunch on TSN 1050. Julia Tashari and Mike DiStefano with you. The Leafs have the Islanders tonight at home. And we have former NHLer, recently retired uh, Stanley Cup champion Devontae Smith-Pelly with us in studio for the next half an hour or so. First of all, how's it going? Um, it's good. It's good. I've, uh, I'm getting a little bored. I've been relaxing a little bit since uh, <laughs> yeah. retirement. But um, no, it's, it's good. It was uh, a weight off my chest and it was, uh, it was good to finally get it done. Nice. So what have you been up to the past couple weeks since you made the news official? No, not much. Uh, just rela- <laughs> Honestly, just relaxing. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, throughout that whole time I was preparing as if I was going to play. So getting a chance to not put my skates on every day and just, just chill out. It was, it was good. Yeah. What, well, what was the decision like ultimately that, that led to you deciding to retire? Um, I'd been thinking about it for a while. Um, obviously, not being signed, not being anywhere and weighing my options. I thought, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy, and why not just uh, get jump started on, you know, post hockey life? So um, I'm okay with the decision. Like I said, I'd been thinking about it for a while, and I'm good with it. Well, we thought that you'd be one of, like, Probably the perfect guy to have in today of all days because you played under Bruce Boudreaux. You've been through coaching changes. You played in the Bell Center. You played in a, a, a Leafs Hab Saturday night. Like, mm-hmm. there's just honestly You're the, checking all the boxes. Check all the boxes when it comes to experience. Mm-hmm. So, where do we want to start with? Why don't we start with with what's going on with Bruce Boudreaux? Because that's probably the biggest situation uh, that's going on right now. I mean. How difficult, just as somebody who was in hockey for a long time, to see how that whole situation unfolded, and, and someone who knows Bruce, you know, just kind of how hard that was for you to kind of watch unfold. Um, just by knowing Bruce, for me, it was just kind of sad to see. Um, he's a great, great man. I, I loved playing for him. He he helped me a lot. I think ninety nine percent of the guys who played for him um, feel the same way. So I I don't want to say it was disrespectful because you know rumors and those things are kind of what you sign up for but um it was kind of unprofessional and i i didn't really like how um you know that went down i i feel for bruce yeah especially with a guy that beloved like what do you think the guys in the room are thinking right now they haven't been overly shy to say they haven't loved how this has all played out um like i said i i when i played for him everyone loved him so to see you know coaching changes happen and but to hear, you know, guys were crying and, yeah, and stuff like, like that. Yeah, like MJ was just, we had Mike Johnson on yeah. earlier in the show, and he was saying how, I've used the word unprecedented already, but I'll go back to it, <laughs> how crazy it is. Like, it's a professional sport, yeah. coaching changes happen, guys get fired, but to have guys emotional yeah. about the coach yeah. being fired is pretty rare. Yeah, so that just kind of shows how people felt about him and feel about him. So I would say it's tough for the players, and like I said, I, I had never seen guys cry over trades or, you know, coaching changes, so... um you know, they obviously felt strongly about him. Can you take us behind the scenes a little bit as to what happens when a coaching change occurs? Like, we always hear about a new coach bump and, and whatnot, but, like, behind the scenes, what, what exactly goes down? How do players familiarize themselves with a new coach, or how does a coach familiarize themselves with players, implement their new systems? Yeah. How does that whole transaction process go down? Um, so, in my experience, you know, we, we just met. It actually was Bruce who... Um, Ended coming up, in this was time, coming right? in, yes. So, <laughs> you know, we just met with him. Um, he just told everyone it's a clean slate. Obviously, you know, the top guys are the top guys, and, and that's clear. But for bottom six guys, guys in and out of the lineup, you know, it's a clean slate. And if you didn't like how you were deployed before, um, now's your chance to, you know, whatever happened before, prior to that coach, is now's your chance to show. And, um, 
you know, it's just it's just fresh start for everybody, which usually results in a, in a bump for a lot of people. What do you remember about uh, the bump that he specifically gave when he came into the room in Anaheim? Um, yeah, be, our coach prior was uh, the total opposite of him, attitude-wise. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, he was cheery and loved to talk to the guys and, you know, in constant communication. Um, so for me, I was 19 at the time and um, trying to find my way and was walking on eggshells beforehand. So when he came in and, you know, the coach calls me into the office, I was like, uh, what did I do? And he just wants to check up and talk and um, know how I'm doing, uh, how my personal life is. That it just makes you more comfortable. And it, when you can play with, you know, loose, um, it's it's a lot easier than, you know, worrying about uh, what the coach thinks and, you know, how he's going to react to every single thing you do. Yeah, that's a pretty transformative age to, to have a coach at 19 who makes you feel really comfortable. What kind of impact would you say he had on on your career? No, he, he helped me a lot. I mean, he, you know, beforehand I wasn't playing too much. Um, and, you know, he gave me a chance to play with Ryan Getzlaff and Corey Perry and um, Bobby Ryan. And, Not and bad. Those, yeah, those are good <laughs> players. And at 19, um, you know, I... I was pretty confident just because I had been there, but um, you know the other coach didn't think that was even close to a possibility. So just giving me the 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 bump uh, confidence-wise helped a lot, and um, you know I I loved playing under under Bruce. In conversation with Devonte Smith Pelly in studio with us, former NHLer, uh, former Stanley Cup champion, and played under Bruce Boudreaux uh, for a few seasons. Um, look, you know Bruce Boudreaux when we look at him. Seems just such a lovable character. I think that's maybe a good way to describe him. As someone who you know knew him, worked with him, got to know him, like what what's your favorite Bruce Boudreaux interaction? What's your favorite Brucey story? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. He's just he's just cheery and you know goofy, and I mean that in a great way. Like yeah. he, he's just uh, lovable just, character. Yeah, lovable like, character. I just loved being around him. Honestly, he he just made coming to the rink more enjoyable um which helps my personal performance and help, i think helps everyone else so i don't know i i, I love bruce honestly yeah so you mentioned two different styles when when coaches change in anaheim that mm -hmm. year and i'd imagine the vancouver canucks are about to have almost the opposite effect yeah. rick talking comes on our show and he's such a nice guy but i'm like wildly intimidated by him <laughs> so when he gives me a good question or something like that i'm like okay nice <laughs> I, that's a win so what is based on everything that's going on you know the guys in the room are feeling weird you know the market feels weird how does rick talk go in there and make a good impression the situation's not his fault but he he has been handed a pretty awkward scenario um did you purposely yeah. veer from the word peculiar i felt like you want i was to not going to use that word that is your word is that today. the word of the day yes I've, it is I've used if you can mix it in it's it. bonus points that's true <laughs> I, at some point try. try mixing the word peculiar i'll try i'll try um no i think all you can do is just go in and be himself i mean like you said it's not his fault that that happened and um i don't know him personally but um, all he can do is go in and be himself and try and get the team to where they need to go. Um, you know, what happened prior, like I said, it's a, it's a clean slate for everyone. And that's including him because he's new as well. So um, that's all he can do is go in and try and do his job and try and do it to the best of his ability.
Devontae Smith-Pelly in with us today and, uh, you know, played for the Montreal Canadiens, who was taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I don't know, for whatever reason, the Leafs just can't seem to get a win when they're at the Bell Center. But uh, have you experienced the, the Saturday night Leafs-Habs at the Bell Center? And, I mean, is there any building that rocks like that in that matchup that you've been a part of in your career? Um, no, there's, there's nothing like... Uh you know, a Saturday night at Bell Center, a playoff game at Bell Center. Um, it's, uh, you know, that, that Saturday, the last Saturday night game, it was easy for, you know, fans to maybe shut it down. You know, Cole Caulfield is done for the year. They could easily just, you know, just ride out the rest of the season. But, no, they always show up. They're super passionate. And, and um, it's almost impossible for, for the home team to have a bad game in that particular night, for sure. Yeah. Do you have any specific memories from that building? Um, I, I scored a playoff goal in that building. Um, it's not a bad one to have either. Yeah, right? so that like that specific pop when it first went in um, is like ingrained in my brain. So uh, playing playoffs there, there, there's nothing, there's nothing really like it. Who was that with that you got a goal with? Uh, I scored with Montreal um, against Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the years right okay. now. Yeah. Okay, I see it. Yeah. Nice. So there, nice. there, that specific pop. Right when I went in, um, still, still, I could feel it. Yeah. Okay. I actually wanted to ask you a little bit about your time with Washington. I don't know if you subscribe to this theory, and I don't know if anyone listening right now subscribes to this theory, but there's been comparisons drawn between the Toronto Maple Leafs and their inability to get over the hump in the first round and the way that Washington was poised to win for so many years. Ovi was facing criticism at that point because he had yet to win uh, a Stanley Cup, obviously, and Sidney Crosby had already gotten a couple. Do you see any, as someone who was in the room for that Stanley Cup win, do you buy into the fact that there might be some parallels there? Yeah, I I think the similarities are they're there. you know, I feel like with any team that wins, um, you know, those heartbreaking losses and those, um, you know, it not working out beforehand, that, that happens. So it's not any different from, you know, Colorado had heartbreaking losses and yeah. um, Tampa for years where it's going deep and having um, heartbreaking losses. So I don't think, it, I think you can obviously compare it to, to Washington, but any team that eventually wins it, they have, uh, you know, those missteps and, whether it's the first round or, or past that first round, yeah, that's the, that's probably the big asterisk <laughs> that makes it a little yeah, different. That's what goes down here. But what was the thing that ultimately was different that year that you won? It's it's hard for me to speak on the years before um, because I wasn't there. Yeah. But you know, when we went down two nothing against Columbus, um, Ov and the media said that we were winning the next two games. I don't know if he did that prior and and. <laughs> Getting off the plane and going into Columbus and those games, I don't know. We 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 knew a hundred percent we were winning those next two games and um, and then even you know when we beat Pittsburgh, like I said, I wasn't there beforehand for all the other ones, but you know there's video of the celebration in the locker room. You could tell that 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 yeah. was the hump that needed to to get over to you know move on and 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 finally uh, seal the deal. So. Um, it was a good run. Yeah. Good run. <laughs> so when you look at this Leafs team, then you can kind of point to mindset, maybe in that in that Washington TSN turning point as mindset, like we're not going to lose. When, when you look at this Leafs team, what's it going to take for them to get over the hump? Um, 
I don't know. I think it's, I'm asking you like a multi-billion dollar question. Yeah, right yeah. People I, have I been trying to answer, yeah. so don't stress. It's yeah. not I, easy to rip off. I think it's easy to say, you know, you can just get a 6-7 D-man to smoke everyone every time. That, But I, I think if you look back, I don't have the stats in front of me, but, you know, all those games in the series before, like they score one extra goal on the power play or something like that, it's they win the series so that, that that's what i like that's the thing there's been a lot of bad luck that's yeah. been on the leafs end i mean last year in the playoffs right yeah. if if that if justin hall's pick doesn't get called i mean the leafs are up in that game maybe they win that game right a, a, a bad bounce in overtime it's a penalty but <laughs> it was okay it was a penalty <laughs> depends on the night depends but on the night that's right it does depend on the night like how how frustrating is that as a player just like some of the inconsistencies in the rule book and then when something like that does occur and it's like well that didn't get called last time or actually you're calling this here but you didn't call this one um, it's gonna be yeah incredibly that specific play i mean that happens a lot that pick play yeah it just has to be like less obvious like yeah it, i felt like it was pretty obvious what was right. happening i mean like i said that play happens so much but you know, if you're just staring the guy in the eyes and running into him, it's, <laughs> it's going to get called. You know, if you if you spin around and turn and make it look like you're not trying to hit him, right. it's stuff like that it doesn't get called. But what about the phantom st- high sticking calls? Th- that is bad luck, I guess. Yeah. Right. So it, 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 yeah, I but I, I think if they just score a power play goal in those games that they're up three two, then exactly. this That's isn't a even idea. a thing I'd anymore. I'd love if they did that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's um, they need to kill guys in front of the net no. or they need a superpower for it to fight everyone. I think if they just get it done on the power play in those games, specific games, then we're having different conversations. Yeah, I think sometimes you just need a little bit of luck. And the Leafs have had, they've been on the wrong side of it for a long time. I mean, you go and you look at those games against Montreal, like that was one or two less giveaways in that series, they're going on. They're yeah. going to the first round, and maybe they're the team in the Stanley Cup final taking on Tampa Bay, right? Like, you never know what's going to Last year, again, like I said, there's a couple of bad breaks that they had. They could have been through to the first round. I mean, Columbus, you, you could have won that game against Columbus. Like, there's a lot of situations. Like, when you look at this Toronto team and the way that they perform and when they play when they're at their best, they're one of the top three teams in hockey. Like, I don't think that's much. I think everybody yeah. can look at that, but the problem with Toronto is that the the path is so difficult. It's so difficult to have to go through Boston and Tampa, and then probably Carolina or a New York or a Washington or a Pittsburgh, whoever yeah. is on the other end. Like the path is just so hard for but, this team. Uh, that's everyone's path though, because the team has to play them too. They're pretty, they're a good team, so it's like I don't know that excuse excuse like. You know, Tampa has to play the Leafs. Like yeah. the Leafs are pretty good, so their yeah. their route is the same. So I don't really that excuse. Like I don't really I don't know I don't know about that one. Yeah, and that's probably the mentality that the Leafs have to have, right? Yeah. Do you think that there's a part of them that it's like just a mental hurdle that this keeps happening in the first round every year? I mean, yeah. At the same time, you you kind of just have to let it go and move on. I mean, yeah. I think you know you're going to play Tampa. You know what happened last year. Like I said. You know, one extra power play goal, one less bounce, you win the series. So every year is different. I mean, the mental hurdle. I don't know. They, they. I think they know they're good enough to do it. It's just the fact of getting it done. Yeah. Okay. So you get kind of you get an outside perspective on on the NHL this year. Who's mm-hmm. really dangerous to you in terms of winning a Stanley Cup? I mean, I think the obvious teams. 
Tampa, yeah. the Leafs and Boston, and yeah. those are the obvious Were you out with Colorado choices. this year and all their mess and injury? Um, no, I I think if uh, you're a team that ends up at the top of the West and you play them in the first round, you're probably pretty Waste upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably pretty upset about it. I mean, it, it happens with a long run like that, a long, hard run. Guys are going to be hurt. Guys are going to be tired the next year, but I, I still wouldn't want to play them in the first round regardless of where they end so you know those are the four teams that i think have the best chance and it sucks that the leafs have to go through two of them yeah right at the start but so i'm i'm looking at uh, i'm looking at ovi and what he's been able to do this year you had a chance to play with him for a couple of seasons in washington mm-hmm. what was something when you got there you, you, you watched him do and you just said okay that's why he's one of the best to ever do it um just he he works at his craft. I mean, just from an outsider's perspective, you hear all the stuff that is said about him before, well, beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, he's this, he's that, he's lazy, he's whatever. But I go in, I went in there, and he works at his game. He takes a thousand one timers a game uh, uh, practice. Um, you know, he's one of the hardest working guys during that practice. You know, he's in the gym. He's taking care of himself you know on the on the massage table and stuff like that like nice. he's uh he really 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 cares um so I, i'm i'm happy for him i'm i'm happy that he's you know he's staying healthy and still still doing it does he get there does he pass oh yeah yeah Wayne? easily easily yeah like he's not retiring till he does it i think no, it's no, just the way that he's too go. close at this point yeah. and you kind of see it whenever he gets close to a milestone. He's two goals away, and then he just scores a hat trick that night. Like when he, once thing. he starts getting close, it's just it, he's too close. His game hasn't really dropped off either. That's mm. the thing. Like he's thirty-seven years old right now. He yeah. was thirty-six last year and scored fifty. Yeah, fifty goals at thirty-seven. Is he clipping old. to do it again? He's got thirty and forty-eight. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's, he's probably right there, yeah. on pace for roughly a fit, another fifty-goal season. Yeah. At 37 years old. Like, I think just the longevity and the consistency about this guy is, like, I don't know if we'll ever see something like this again. Like, as, no. as great as Austin, Ma- I mean, maybe Austin Matthews could do this, but it's hard to fathom that type yeah. of consistency for so long, yeah. the longevity. And with how hard he plays, like, he, he probably first, second, third, fourth in hits during that time, like, he plays hard, like... You know, Austin Matthews. Thousand hits in his career. Yeah, I mean, I think Austin Matthews plays more physical than people give him credit for, but it's it's not like that. No, (laughs) no, he's he's you know I I think Austin Matthews to your point does play a little bit more physical, but it's more of I don't know a modern game. Like the game has just changed a lot. Like 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 back when Ovi first broke into the league, he was two hundred twenty hits, two hundred forty three hits. Blows two, guys like up. the guys getting mm-hmm. over two hundred hits a game and or two over hits a, a season, and now he's gone. What four, five, five of his last six seasons held under two hundred. I yeah. think that just speaks to yeah. just the game changing. Yeah, for sure. Um, even when I like, I'm not old per se, but even when I started playing, it was you know there'd be games where it almost felt like there's no puck out there. You just everything is yeah. everybody's just <laughs> running around hitting everybody. So yeah, the game has definitely changed and. But like I said, even with that, I feel like he does throw his weight around Austin. Austin does um, more than people probably think he does. Do you think that more this season than, than any other year? Like, there's talk, and uh, I guess he's heated up as of mm-hmm. recently, and he's back kind of clipping the way that people are used to. But have you noticed a change in his game at all this year, whether it's more physical or, or just people have circled his defensive uh, game improving? Yeah, I think it's, he's just more mature. Like, he he's just growing up, and he's seen it all now at this point. Um 
I think he's always been decently defensively. Like I, I think you know a lot of people, you know, there's all, you got to pick on something. So that's yeah. what you would say. But I always felt like he was hard to play against in his zone, and he's strong. And I felt he always used his body. I think I don't know if he's changed that much. I just think he's older and more mature and um, can do it more consistently now. Yeah. Well, what about this core in general? Like, how much do you think them maturing will maybe factor in? Like, have you seen a maturation in him and William Nylander and, and Mitch Marner? Like, they came to the league, they made the playoffs in kind of their first year as a squad, and they were up against Washington, yeah. actually, and, and now they're kind of in the same spot. But have you seen them mature, and do, do groups need to go through that sort of thing in, in order to eventually win? Um, Maybe not to this extent. Like, winning a round would have been cool somewhere yeah. along the way, but, I mean, just going through losing. Yeah, you, you you need to go through that. I don't Like, you can't just run through the playoffs. Even the best teams of our, you know, generation, they lost. The, the Chicago's, the L.A.'s, they lost before that. Yeah. Um, on those deep runs. So, yeah. how, how are you going to know, you know, how to deal with adversity, you know, in the second, third round if you've never done it before and stuff right. like that? So. Um, I think it's normal, like, you know, when when we won in Washington, Ovi was, what, 32, 33? I mean, these guys are ahead of schedule. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like, do you think it's maybe louder just because of where we are sitting right now in TSN Studios course, hosting yeah, a show of, of called Of course, that, that, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't help, but... Are you blaming us? Are you blaming us here? <laughs> I'm inferencing. Like, I, we've only hosted a show for two years, so it can't be all us, right? Yeah, no, the, the, I honestly think they'll be fine. Like, obviously, it's Toronto, so you, you got to talk about it but like i said one extra power play goal in a game that they're up three two yeah and we're talking about something else yeah Yeah. right absolutely well appreciate you taking the time to to stop in and and have a chat with us today hopefully we can chat again uh down the road yeah thank you thanks for having me yeah there he is Devontae smith pelly former uh nhler stanley cup champion so he knows what it takes to win i think uh, what seven eight goals on uh, en route to a stanley cup championship Something like that. Oh, yeah. Something like that. It says modestly, eight goals en route to winning a Stanley Cup. What was the most memorable goal of, uh, of I guess, that entire run for you? Uh, the tying goal in, in Vegas was, yeah. uh, that was, that was the one right there. Yeah. Um, it looked cool, and obviously it was an, it was an important, important goal. So Very important that, goal. <laughs> that, that's the one that stands out to me for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Devontae, really appreciate you taking the time.